This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a a lot of features there, and we give them all to you free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Coming up here tonight, we'll compare politicians to serial killers and take your phone calls about whatever you want. That's Can we do that every night? Well, not so directly, I don't think. Wayne's okay. got the story for us. Uh, but first, we're going to go to your calls, because that's what the show is about. We'll try Hammer, who's allegedly calling from North Africa. Hammer, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yeah, hello? You are on the air. Yes, Wait. I had a roommate, and um, he's from a very prominent family in Canada. Mm-hmm. And he went away to his um, grandfather's funeral in um in Ontario, and he came back with some interesting papers from uh, some Freemason members that he found in his grandfather's belongings. And uh, I want to scan them and send them to you guys out, to anyone that doesn't believe that this stuff is happening. Well, okay, Why, what, what, is, what is this stuff? What are you talking about? Well, here it says, Dear Sir and Brother, I am directed by the Worshipful Master to summon you to attend the following meeting of Copestone Lodge number 373, I don't think we have time for you to read the entire uh, letter. Can you summarize for us what it is that you're uh, you're, you're alleging here? Well, uh, basically it um, states the Masonic birthdays um, during the month of October, meaning for uh, members and how long they've been there. Okay. That sounds like a nice little newsletter. Um, It has addresses of secretaries and people that work within the uh, Canadian right. Freemasons. I, uh, I, I don't know if you have this in North Africa, but here in America there's this organization called the Masons, or a bunch of usually old guys uh, that get together. And no, 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 no but th- this person in particular is not, um, he was uh, like a part of the, uh, the uh, he was, he's very, he's not a, a, a low-level Freemason, so to speak. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I've heard all kinds of rumors about the Masons and how they're supposed to be evil, uh, but from whatever I've seen, they're just guys that like to build things and help their community. Okay, well, first of all, um, what I'd like to say about that is um, Freemasonry comes from uh, builders uh, during the Middle Ages, and I'm sure you've all heard the story, but the thing is they were pros with secrecy, and so now they're still, maybe they're not evil, but um, well, who they don't have if the best intentions. Well, how do you Very know what their intentions minded. are? How do you well, know? Have you been to their meetings? They, they like to monopolize business and uh, keep it in the family, so to speak. Well, it's typical for family members to uh, to be uh, to exp- to essentially participate in nepotism and reward their family members with jobs and opportunities. No, and but things I, like I didn't that. mean family in the in the sense of a brother and a mother and a father. More of like a brotherhood. Well, I just don't understand. I look, I, 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 I mean, with, I'm with you if you if you're saying that they are uh, in favor of monopoly. I, I certainly am not in favor of monopoly. But uh, if if all they are is just a club of guys that helps one another out and does things, uh, does nice things for the community and builds things, I don't really see what the big deal is there. I mean, what's uh, you, you're saying? You have this document from one of their meetings. It sounds like a, a list of attendees and their addresses. I mean, wh- there's nothing. There's nothing even worth talking about there. Well, listen, I don't know what to tell you, but it's uh, it's 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 a it's a lot deeper than uh, than just a bunch of uh, guys getting together uh, in a club and uh, smoking cigars. 
Okay. It's, well, uh, um, I'd recommend to go to bbs.freetalklive.com and post the uh, post everything you've got there, your scanned documents there, and uh, the well, the denizens of the the BBS will uh, take a look at them and uh, they'll laugh at you. All right, and I will. You. And uh, thank you for your time and. Um, I enjoy the okay. night, and I like the topic. Thank, thank, thank you, you, sir. Uh, 800-259-9231. Maybe there really are some Masons that get together and plot the uh, taking over of the world. I don't know, but I've been inside one of their buildings before. It's a little creepy, a little <laughs> weird. Yeah. More than a little creepy. It's a little strange, but uh, you know, these are a bunch of bored old guys with nothing better to do. They're probably sick and tired of their housewives, and uh, they just want to get out. And The most exciting thing about the Masons is the people that think that the Masons are up to something terrible, I think. Yeah. My, my grandfather was a 32nd degree Mason. Yeah. So that's and, that's almost the highest level, right? Yeah, I think 33rd degree is the highest. And then supposedly that's when you are indoctrinated into the Illuminati, people say. <laughs> Who knows? My grandfather was, was a really good human being, and people still talk about him today. He did have a stroke. Who knows? Maybe when he went to 33rd degree and he saw what it was, he had a stroke. I don't mm. know. But they just uh, have they have stuff that'll give you a stroke if you don't if you don't sign up. <laughs> Maybe. But I tell you, I know my grandfather pretty well, or I thought I knew my grandfather when yeah. he was on this earth, and uh, I don't think he would consent to being in something evil knowingly. I've just never heard of uh, anything beyond the the most fleeting rumors about the Masons. I mean, there's never really been anything substantive about what they've been allegedly doing, and all I ever, all we ever get are people calling and talking about how evil they are. But where's the evidence? Where I, is it? I don't want to know. Please don't tell me the evidence. I, well, let's continue here, and you can bring up whatever you want. It's Brian in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Yeah, these people don't know what they're into until they get up in the high degrees. And it's like Satan. Do you think the devil comes up to you and tells you that he's Satan, that he wants to destroy you? No, he's very cunning. I don't believe and in silly tales like that. They tell you that the G is for God, the G is for geometry, and they tell you a whole line of story in the first three degrees. And from what I've heard from several people, it actually goes higher than 33 degrees, up into the 90s. And supposedly Aleister Crawley was in the 90s. You can Google this. So There's why don't you movies. give us a give us a rundown here of why everybody should be so concerned about these old guys meeting together in weird, creepy rooms? Why should we Why should we be concerned about yeah. the Bilderbergers meeting in secret rooms? I'm not concerned rooms? about them. Oh, you're not. They don't and you're not me. concerned about the Federal Reserve either. Well, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about the Federal Reserve. They uh, they issue the money in this country, and uh, they have uh, you know strong control over that. There's a lot more concrete evidence against the Federal Reserve because they've been doing what they've been doing since 1913 and not doing a good job at it. Yeah, but all the secret societies that most of them stem into this, and most of the presidents have been 33rd degree Masons. And, and and if it's so why, if it's so good, wait a minute. Why does it have to? Anything that's good does not have to be secret. So okay? are you it, saying that, a lot of this? I mean, this is this is where I think that this goes off the track. I mean, don't you think that some people have secret clubs just to have secret clubs? Uh, there's usually nothing good in a secret club. I think I think Skull that you're drawing a conclusion there based on no information. No, 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 no. Usually, okay. okay. Okay, you look at satanic cults. Do they meet out in the open? I no. don't really know much they, about they satanic cults. Secret. 
Yeah, I, I don't really believe sacred. in Satan, so I mean, well, you know, we're well. A lot of previous no presidents of the United States were left-handed, a disproportionate number, <laughs> or, or left-handed that people. Not, evil. That has nothing to do with anything. I'm well, left-handed. Look, I don't. Who hey, cares? As a matter of fact, presidents had a tendency to be uh, Episcopalian. Do you well, think that, that we can draw some conclusion from well, that too? Here's what I'd like to know: Is what does it matter what clubs? The people who are in search of power are members of. I don't care if they're members of the boy, uh, boy, you know, the Boy Scouts or the Boys Club or the YMCA or the YWCA or the Masons or whoever. Uh, these are when you when you're talking about the presidents of the United States, you're talking about a bunch of sick power mongering freaks that want to uh, lord power over innocent, peaceful people. I think that's what we should focus on: is each individual and what they uh, what they say and what they do and what these people do. The presidents, that is, and the politicians, is horrific. It's psychopathic, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. Let's talk I, about I agree, those things. You got to look at you got to look at the puppet masters behind them because that's all they are. Well, Kennedy the, was the last halfway decent president because he wanted to get rid of the Federal Reserve. A lot of his other policies I didn't agree with, but the last two things he did was get rid of the Federal Reserve and try to end Vietnam, and that's why they knocked him off and put his face what on the point. What point? You, say you've, you said you've got to look at the puppet masters behind the scenes, and I ask you, what's the point of that? Because if you can't get to the puppet masters... That's what makes the puppet move. How are you going to get to the puppet masters, sir? You stop paying your taxes and you don't feed the IRS, which feeds the Federal Reserve. You go down and you claim exempt and you bring this. When everyone does that and they all say, not no, but hell no, we're not going to pay into this beastly system. I agree with you on that. You didn't answer my question. I agree that people should stop paying taxes and stop obeying the state. Completely in agreement. That has nothing to do with the puppet masters. That's a real concrete thing that you can do to achieve more liberty in your lifetime right away. It has nothing to do with whoever the hell is pulling the strings. At least you agree on that? If they even exist. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I'd rather spend more time encouraging people to drop out of the system than dig in and find out who's controlling things. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, and the number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a Facebook profile, and you can become a fan. Go to facebook.freetalklive.com. That again, facebook.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. You want to crack at liberty in your lifetime, the best chance? That's my opinion, at least. Uh, The Free State Project is what you want to look into. Freestateproject.org is their website. They're putting on the awesome Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is coming up here in about a week's time, just over a week away. It's going to be the 25th. Through the 28th, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live. Hundreds of liberty-minded people all getting together in the same uh, campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. It's going to be a blast. Looking forward to seeing you there. Wayne, I believe you are going to be coming out. 
Yeah, excellent. Uh, I think most of the Free Talk Live crew will be in attendance. A lot of the uh, the great liberty activists that you hear about so often here on this radio program will be in attendance. Uh, I believe Sam Dodson's going to be there, one of our co-hosts. As you know, he was in jail for t- almost two full months uh, for his courage in recording video in a, in a court lobby. I, I Dave Ridley will likely make uh, an appearance, and who knows who else will be at the upcoming Porcupine Freedom Festival, but it'll be a good time. And it's not too late to get registered and get on board at Porkfest.com. That's Porkfest with a C, -C P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we continue taking your calls about anything, we'll go to Dan, who is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dan. Uh, Good evening, gentlemen. I wish I had some better news for you, but uh, this uh, article in the Sentinel, it's a quick paragraph, so I'll just go over the quick stuff on it. an inmate had, uh, well, excuse me, a prisoner had died this morning in the uh, Cheshire County uh, Correctional Institute there in uh, Westmoreland. A gentleman, uh, 33 years old, and he'd been held there since January 22nd, and this is what's really sad about it, on a charge of being a habitual offender of motor vehicle laws. This guy basically spent the rest of his life, the past five months, of his, the last five months of his life in jail, or, I mean, who knows? It could be like a stack of parking tickets. Who knows? I, I don't know exactly what it is. Probably driving uh, while suspended or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but still, that doesn't um, deserve a death sentence. No, no, uh, absolutely not. How sad. They, and, and, of course, they say that his death doesn't appear suspicious, but the guy is only 33 years old. and it just, I'm uh, sure kinda, they'll vigorously investigate this. Well, yeah, they've got a, um, according to this, they've, they've got, yeah, it was, right. he was found at 6.30 this morning. By another inmate, uh, they tried to revive him. Doctors came in from Dartmouth. Uh, 33. Yeah, 33. Yeah, um, I don't I, want to give his name. His they name tried on to the revive him. I can just imagine the guards there pounding at his chest. Come back. I know you'll make it. Come back. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, they, they, they stripped off their outer shirt and were just in their mm. T-shirts. And, and, you know, they were rushing all over trying to, to revive yeah, this guy. So what type of motor vehicle violations was he in for? Doesn't well, say. It doesn't say. It was just a short paragraph in the... Uh, I found it Sentinel online, so it wasn't. Uh, I'm guessing it wasn't in the print edition today, uh, just simply because of the oh, timing sad. on it. But well, it was just, I, it just extremely sad. This is, of course, but, the same facility that uh, our friend Sam, who we just mentioned a few moments ago, was yeah. sitting in for yeah. nearly two full months. Yeah, uh, and if I, yeah, and if I dare add this to it, I had worked in healthcare for ten years. It's, it's very unusual for somebody in, uh, 33 years old to die, but. Uh, you know, you gotta yeah. you gotta figure in cramped conditions and the sanitary conditions there at the jail. As, as Sam had uh, reported, uh, you might want to elaborate on that as far as the conditions. Yeah, that's but true. Sam broke. did say that it's at some points uh, they had a toilet overflowing and there were there was feces, fecal matter on the yeah, floor, yeah. and it's just not the. Not, and they didn't even have bleach. Uh, the jail wouldn't give the, the jailers told the prisoners to clean it up. When of course it was the jail's fault that the uh, that it overflowed in the first place because they didn't get it fixed correctly. Uh, they told them to clean it up, but they wouldn't give them any bleach spray with which to uh, to use or bleach or any sort of sanitizing agent. Uh, just give a mop and a dirty bucket. Yuck. So and you have yeah you have to, you have to clean stuff like that up and use the right kind of chemicals because you're talking about things like E. coli, uh, which which is deadly if it's allowed to breed and and plus you've got all these prisoners in the in very close quarters, if one of them gets real sick and another one has heart conditions, and again, I don't know what the, the guy's condition was, what kind of health he was in when he when he came in the jail, but uh, if someone is sick and if they're not isolated and they're not kept in a, a relatively yeah. clean environment, 
you you have a very good chance of them dying and and, and there's I, just I not much that, uh, there's yeah. just not much even air transfer in a place yeah. like that i mean they uh, at some points remember it was sam that was telling us that uh, i think it was in early may the temperatures were getting really up there and they have a policy of not turning on the air conditioner until i think it was sometime in june so it didn't matter how hot the building was getting. It didn't matter how uh, how uncomfortable and how dangerous uh, levels of uh, the temperature might have been there. They they just weren't going to turn the AC on, and so that's not a very healthy uh, environment either, especially with festering fecal matter in the in the room. Oh yes, of course. And uh, uh, I'm going to let you guys go so that uh, other callers can call in and everything. Well, but thanks I, for bringing I that felt, to our attention. Yeah, and I it, felt that was something that's very very important. Thank well, you. Well, thank you, Dan. And it's just another example. And this isn't the only guy that's died in a jail. There have been all kinds of deaths in uh, jails and prisons around the country. And who even pays attention to this sort of thing when it happens? It's it's really not looked at. These uh, One of the things that we've heard from the people that have been on the inside, uh, Andrew Carroll was just with us a few, a few days back when we interviewed him as, as he'd gotten out of jail for uh, going in on a marijuana civil disobedience situation. And he was talking about similar things to what I was uh, talking about when I'd gotten out of that same jail, and that is that these guys that are in there are the real story. It's not the fact that, that uh, Andrew was in for nine days or I was in for three days or Sam was in for 50-something days. It's the fact that Stuart Clark, this man that Dan was calling about there, was in for months on uh, on motor vehicle violations, not stealing or not hurting, not uh, destroying, but just not maybe obeying all the government's silly little registration laws or uh, something like that. What about the guys that are sitting in there rotting away because they got caught with a, a piece of plant material and they had gotten caught for the third time, unlike Andrew Carroll, who'd been caught his first time and he went out and did it on purpose. These other guys get caught by accident. They're not expecting to have that happen. They are cer- certainly are not prepared for it. They're plucked out of their lives. They're not uh, not able to go to work. They're not able to uh, support their families. These are the real tragic stories, and it's even more tragic that no one cares about these right. guys. These are guys that haven't hurt anyone, put in jail. They're, uh, in, in a lot of cases, their apartments are gone. Therefore, their stuff is gone. Um, sure. How can you pay the rent? They, right. And most people, just, just the way it is, most people live paycheck to paycheck they don't have a month's worth of rent socked away or two or three or four it's not like you get a speedy trial in this country sam had some uh, some money socked away for rent thankfully our co-host sam but he also had uh, friends on the outside who were able to help him get his checkbooks and get the the uh, the checks cut in order to get the bills paid if he hadn't had that support network it wouldn't really have done him that much good that he had money sitting in the bank either right so you got so people let's not forget Car payments, um, yeah. and, and um, you're talking about jobs. How many jobs can you uh, go to jail and come back four months later and pick the job back up Not where many. you left? Not many. You know these, and these are non-violent offenders. I understand the guy might have been a habitual traffic offender. Do we really need to put him in jail for that? Who's the victim? The parking meter, apparently. The, the, the state. The state is the victim. I called the state to the stand. Yep. Who's going to come up? Nobody. 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. And, of course, the worst part about all this is as outraged as we all are about the conditions, those of us that know about them, those those of us that are paying attention, there's very little we can do about it. What are we going to do? Stop paying taxes so the men with guns come and throw us in a jail cell? Stop paying so they can take us from our homes? Well, eventually it might have to come to that. Free Talk Live. 
Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. If you bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version, dial-up, and webcam versions, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. Now, perhaps you may own, or you know someone who does, a company that's struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. This is not fun stuff. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI, see their banner at freetalklive.com. That is uh, right there at the top of the page at freetalklive.com. It's our friends at SACL CAI. Yeah, I have a question. In Japan, would they be doing corrections? Uh, It's cute, Wayne. Very cute. As we continue with your phone calls, have you ever seen English.com? Yes. Okay, so you would love English.com if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, let's go to Ken, who is in New Jersey. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Ken. What's on your mind? Um, I was reading in the paper today about Obama's new overhaul of financial regulations. Thank God he's going to save us. <laughs> Put it right up on the lift and grease it up. But um, it goes on to say that uh, the Fed would have the authority to safely shut down failing financial firms so they don't threaten the entire system. Okay. Your thoughts? Um, Well, to me, uh, the first question that came to my mind is where does he get the power to pass all these regulations? It seems like Congress should be doing that. Well, he Ah. gets the power because he said he has it and no one will do anything about it, right? And the Republicans gave Bush all the power and then Bush passed it on to Obama. Mm Mm-hmm. Those smart Republicans. Does that make sense? Ken? No, it makes total sense. It's just um, sad. something that I read, and it drove me up a wall reading it, and it seems like no one is even aware of what's going on. Yeah, and uh, what can you do about it, right? Yes, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> the, the fact is, they, by the sounds of it, he's going to be able to shut down businesses that don't feel like being shut down themselves because he says they're a danger to the, the economy. I mean, <laughs> I, and the next president will have even more wi- wide-ranging powers with uh, yeah, less, all, you know, more, more unilateral control. And, they're only and, starting this yeah. in the financial sector. Who's to say that he won't, he won't later on expand this out or this won't be expanded to include, whether it's him or, again, the predecessor, uh, we, to include the automotive industry? I mean, yeah. if GM is having a tough time competing, the new government motors company uh, is having a tough time competing against, say, Toyota, maybe they'll just say, shazam! The car you know? czar will do that. Yeah, you're done for. <laughs> Toyota. You're out of here, or we're going to liquidate your assets and use them for our General Motors company instead. They could do all kinds of stuff if they wanted to. And what would, what would Americans do about it? I'm sure some of them would be outraged and they'd go out and throw a tea party. Yeah, they're 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 outraged now. What are they doing? Yeah, people are outraged. They already about- started to shift the uh, the favor and for government motors, if you will. They're what have backing they done? up all their 
uh, what are they, the insure, the warranties on them. And it, I mean, it doesn't sound fair to all the other companies that are trying to compete and back up their own warranties. Right, that the government uh, is essentially taking taxpayer dollars to back up the uh, the guarantees on these vehicles. And, and uh, of course, it's all just un- uncompetitive right on its face. You're absolutely right about that. And uh, most Americans have no idea what to do. I'm sure the plan for, for a lot of them is to vote Republican in 2010, because that'll change things. Yep, you'll... Yeah, and, of course... In in the Republican primary, they'll say somebody like, "Oh, well, Ron Paul can't win. We have to we we'll have to vote for some Mitt more Romney. moderate, yeah, more moderate candidate." And the, it, it just it, you know, it's I it's, the way I see it. The, as much as I might love the United States, its government has gotten out of control, and there's nothing we can do about it. Let us go. And thank you, Ken, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I and definitely I, I feel your pain. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line so what a mess yeah what well, a mess there's the only solutions i've i've the only solution i've ever seen is the free state project well you can sit here's another option you could sit in your state wherever you yeah. are and hope that the uh, Iowa free state project shows up the uh, but i don't think that's going to happen you no, could start you your could. own give it a shot yeah, that good works luck. out for you i'm <laughs> You know, the biggest problem I see with the bailout of, of the auto companies was they, they dumped f- about $50 billion into the auto companies. They went out of business anyway. It's not over that. yet. It's not over yet. But what happened was now that now that uh, this has all happened, the government is dictating the terms because they gave these companies all this money. So the bondholders, the ones who are supposed to get paid first in a bankruptcy, mm-hmm. get screwed. The uh, preferred stockholders get screwed, hmm. and what happens is then all of a sudden nobody knows what the rules are anymore. So nobody wants to invest in a new uh, in, a, in a company, an auto company, whatever, because nobody knows what's going to happen with their money because oh, yeah. the rule of law is being destroyed. That's a great point. I mean, you're talking about people that might have wanted to invest in a, another non-government auto company. Yes, right? like because they're, because there will be some some that want to spring up, especially around a lot of the new technology, the electric. But if cars the carpet gets pulled such. out from under those investors, then why they're like you're, what you're saying is they just won't even pony up in the first place they'll be concerned that it'll all be you know taken away from them it'll be very hard to attract investment for innovative new ideas when nobody really knows what the government is going to do right just just take a look at uh, countries where the government is less stable and see how see see how investment is there yeah when people don't know then they're you know they're they're, they're, they're going to be scared to put their money in, um, in like uh, like how the Chavez banned Coke Zero wasn't it just last yeah. week or something like that <laughs> that doesn't make you want to go into the bottling business does it I mean how do you know you're not going to pick a, a flavor that the dictator doesn't like exactly it's arbitrary and and of course there were some interests who who were helped in that deal in the bankruptcy the unions were helped in the mm. short term. Uh, some politicians lined their pockets and so on. But the people that should have been paid in a bankruptcy, if a proper bankruptcy was done, would be the bondholders first because they're the ones taking big risks with their money. Who cares about hundreds of years of contract law? We we, we have constituents that we need to, to, to give favors to here. Elections must be won. Yep. I mean, you know, and, and this this is how it is. You just do whatever you want in your if you're in the government, and nobody holds any kind of check or balance over yeah, it. Sometimes they'll uh, they'll skewer one or two of them just to, yeah, to show that see we've got they we're investigating these guys. You better watch out because the FBI is looking at these folks. When how often does that really happen? Yeah, anyway? it just take a look at the in, in, inexorable growth of government. I remember during Ron Paul's campaign in 2008, he said if we eliminated the IRS, 
we could roll the government with the with the government with the money that the government's taking in currently. Um, it's the size of the government would be that of 1997, and then he would follow that up. Didn't you consider the government in 1997 to be too, too big? big? Right. So what that means to me is that the government is growing so much bigger and faster than I can even track. Like I have no right. idea. And they say that Obama has doubled the size of uh, the the budget this year. And they're project, yeah, yeah. They're projecting the budget deficit for this year to be almost two trillion dollars. Just, yep. just the deficit alone. They say that um, as far as unfunded liabilities out there, and uh, you know the the whole the whole debt that my son Jack, who is fifteen months old and just now taking his first steps, owes a quarter. No, no, Jack doesn't a, owe. He never signed any agreement. He That's does. Right. Are they going to make him pay? What's the difference between owing and being, made, being faced to pay? He can being go to forced jail. to pay. Well, there, there's the concept of odious debt, which I agree with, and that's when when these people take on all this debt against your the people's wishes. It's 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 invalid debt. Yeah, well, you can't be indebted if you've never agreed to the the contract in the first place. You're, I, you're, you can be indebted if a guy comes along with a gun and says you're going to pay this, and you go well, ahead and do it. There is that. I mean, yes. that, that's but what don't, the don't pretend like he actually owes that money because he doesn't. The politicians made those deals. <laughs> Look, I, you, you guys can say whatever you want. The fact is everybody, the vast majority of the people listening to the sound of my voice are going to pay those taxes because they're scared. And that's the that is the problem, isn't and it? Therefore, they owe that debt. They have taken that obligation on themselves because they are scared. I don't think it's going to get that far, Mark, because we we are headed off a cliff very fast. We, as in uh, the country, the, the United co- States. The, yeah, I should, you're right. The country's finances are heading off a cliff very quickly. There's going to be some sort of collapse. It and, can't last forever. It, These it kind can't. of <laughs> this financial situation is it's a no go. The, the shark is flailing around on the beach right now, about to die. Oh, man, I, I just hope it comes soon, sooner rather than later. I hope we never make it to the 2012 election secession as soon as possible. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features include the updates. Uh, You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to, uh, well, you don't have to go anywhere. Just go to your email box because you'll be on the updates list. If you go to updates.freetalklive.com, you can get signed up free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. FreedomBookClub.com invites you to participate in their summer reading event. Go to FreedomBookClub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists. Then purchase the book of the month. New winners are announced every month. It's FreedomBookClub.com making freedom a bestseller. They're, this concept is great. The idea is is to get uh, get enough people to buy the same Liberty book that it runs up on the New York Times and all the other uh, best-selling lists, and and other people are exposed to liberty-minded books. As a result, and you can vote for which book you like best. It's freedombookclub.com. Let's continue taking your calls about whatever you want. Nick is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Nick in Massachusetts. Uh, Hello. Hey, you're on the Um, air. I wanted to uh, bring up the topic of agorism. Sure, go ahead. I haven't really heard it um, talked about too much. Um, Okay. Just briefly, um, obviously, you guys should know, but um, it's, uh, it's a left. Uh, sort of a leftist anarchist uh, type of belief 
that um, holds that the um, people should, um, agro, of course, meaning the marketplace, should um, run counter to the state and try to um, start up a counter-economy um, to the state's economy to delegitimize it and to uh, decentralize power. Basically. Sure. So an example of an agorist might be somebody who is working in a black market, uh, yeah. dis- distributing a black market product, or perhaps uh, in an area like, I guess, a gray market where they're not necess- where they're maybe using a, um, distributing a legitimate product, but not doing it in a completely legitimate channels in that they don't have a license or something like that. That would also be an agorist? Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Um, I wanted to bring up um, a certain sort of part about agorism that I just recently found out by reading this uh, PDF about um, agorist class theory. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but I found it pretty interesting. It was um, basically, it's um, of course, it has its sort of origins, I guess you could say, in Karl Marx. and Not exactly, of course. It's more of a libertarian sort of belief. But um, That's a confusing they, statement. Huh? That's a confusing statement. Yeah. Um. What I'm trying to say is that it sort of uh, it sort of like corrects Marx's theory where he went wrong um, mostly, and um, see this is why I have a problem with using the term agorist for myself because I don't know how to explain it to anybody. Yeah, like at least with the term I, voluntarist, it's pretty simple. Yeah, He's got I mean, the word I use voluntary. I'm not an agorist personally, but yeah. I do find their ideas interesting. Um, sure, so, sure. I I fully support agorism. I fully support that people do what they think is right. That be, they be able to go out and uh, do the business they want to do, provide the product and service they wish to provide without having to jump through whatever governmental hoops are put up for them in order to do it legally. I fully support the black market. Uh, I fully support uh, people in the underground economy. Basically, agorism is the underground economy, and what you're talking yeah. about is uh, one other example of agorism might be to go out and, for instance, create a, a Freedom Road crew that goes out and fixes potholes in the government roads without charging anybody or you know accepts voluntary contributions to pay for the tar or whatever it is that they're filling in the rocks, whatever it is they're filling in the, the potholes with. Uh, that would kind of be another outside-the-system agorist activity, as I understand it. Is that, all your, is that pretty much your understanding, or is there something else to um, it? Yeah, I mean, I... I... Personally, I have not looked into agorism too much. I've definitely read about it some, and um, I've heard about it and read a little here and there. But uh, I don't really know what there is to read. This is what I don't understand, and maybe it's just because I'm not an academic type. Uh, but I just don't understand what there, why you need to read a whole lot about it. It's a simple concept. You either do it or you don't, right? You either get out there and uh, do agorism, you operate in the marketplace without asking permission, or you operate like a typical government lackey and uh, beg, beg yeah. them for their licenses. I was talking more about the theory and what it's all about than its actual practice. Well, hopefully we've outlined it uh, appropriately. I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231 the SACL CAI toll-free line. In fact, David emails about that very concept a couple a couple days back, so let me share this. It's pretty pretty short. He says, guys, we've all been looking for a new label to describe ourselves since the destruction of the libertarian label, the party of unprincipledness. The free agents website, fr33agents.net, was mentioned when bureaucrash crashed and burned, and this led me to the concept of agorism, a bridge between free marketeer ideas and a stateless society that doesn't require us to try to change the government. So I'm no longer a libertarian and henceforth have become an agorist. It says here that it holds as its ultimate goal bringing about a society in which all relations between people are voluntary exchanges, a free market which I'm all in favor of. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Uh, I don't know if it's the best term as far as I, I feel like voluntarist sounds a little nicer uh, just because it's got the word voluntary in it. Maybe agorist isn't such a bad, uh, bad phrase. Would love to know your thoughts at 800-259-9231. The people that seem to be for it seem really to be for it. You know, this whole agorism. Yay, agorism. We're going to pay for things in gold and silver. And if my bank doesn't take gold and silver for my mortgage, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, Uh, a real agorist uh, with some capital would open up his own bank. I suppose, but they don't. (laughs) That's the thing. Uh, The vast majority of people and the people that talk about agorism don't have Have any capital. Um, and, And when you talk about the vast majority of the money... That is spent, uh, you know, in the average family's household. I don't know what it's like for most people, but you know, I might be able to do a little bit of barter here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tr- trade some eggs for some coffee or something. I don't know, but when you're talking about the the thousands of dollars that get spent in a household in a given month, you're talking about rent, credit card payments, car payments. Um, uh, you know, just just all this, uh, the power bill, uh, think of all the bills that, uh, you know, once once you take all the money away for all the bills, then you're talking about how much money's left, how much of that then, you know, I mean, you, I suppose you can forego things like going out to eat and therefore putting money into the regular economy that way. Instead, you can trade things for going to your friend's house and eat or whatever. Yeah, I don't know of anybody just, that could actually claim to be a 100% agri. I don't know anybody who could claim to be a 10% agri. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's but that's I why that it just seems like it seems like a lot of work to me. I know from reading uh, economic theory that the division of labor is the way that a, a society grows, and it's the way that an individual grows. If I tried to grow my all my own food and uh, you know get chickens to lay my eggs and do everything in a sort yeah. of self-sufficient fashion, I'd never make any money. You wouldn't have time would to make one very, sales call for this show. I'd get sure. very poor very quickly. I, I, God bless people are trying to do things. I don't think that's what they're advocating things. here. I don't, I don't believe that's what the agorists are advocating. What that, are they advocating? That, I, don't, I don't believe they're advocating that you, uh, that you go 100% because it's just not possible. But, it, but I think it, what they are saying is that uh, this email says that, that they advocate achieving market anarchist society through growth of the underground economy, that is the counter economy, peaceful black and gray markets, in which they mean to build and establish business structures without complying with immoral regulations, getting government licenses, and paying taxes. And in that, I fully support. I don't think they're saying live off the grid and grow your own food. I think they're saying support the underground economy where you can support it and create the underground economy where you can create it. If you're looking to open up a business, don't jump through all the legal hoops. Go and open up the business without uh, bowing down to the man. God bless the people that are willing to do these things. Well, but where are they? Once again, right. I mean, once again, you're talking about a bit. Really? Open a business a real business, not some silly, you know, not some, not some little fly-by-night operation. You're talking about opening a real business with real capital that you have borrowed from real people in an agorist fashion? Heck no. Well, I wouldn't That's start by borrowing nuts. money to do something well, like that. Absolutely, Ian, but how many people can save that kind of money working at a $10 an hour job? Not very many. You know, what a lot of the uh, Koreans and even the Chinese who come to this country do is... They, a couple of them are the pioneers who come over here and do pretty well with mm-hmm. their convenience stores or whatever. And then a group of them band together and they start to put their savings into investing into some of the newer immigrants yeah. to create uh, their own businesses. And before you know it, they have this huge, vibrant uh, business community based on, on self-finance pretty much. And, and, you know, another thing is uh, when, when you're looking at the, the immigrant community, especially uh, Southeastern Asian immigrants, you'll find people that are willing to do without 
for real until they have a nest egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they'll sleep in the back of the restaurant. They'll, yeah. you know, they they do what it takes. That's the American order. spirit, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, absolutely. And I just, I, you know, I mean, I I take I, my hat off to them. Yeah, I just I don't I don't hold much. Uh, hope in agorist anything. I no, mean, I don't Maybe either, here but... in New Hampshire, you might be able to do some buying and selling in, in gold and silver I with your so. friends. Yeah. And I certainly have, and I'm for it. I'm not against it. I'm just... I, I Plenty just... of people have been buying drugs in the black market for sure, years, and but... the underground economy hasn't taken over the, uh, the right. mainstream. <laughs> just <laughs> have a lot of kids and let them do all the work at the farm. And then <laughs> I mean, the work. illegal drug market is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's one of the biggest industries in this, in this country, but it hasn't done anything to crack the foundation of the uh, the legal world, if you will. So as soon as we start seeing some of these great advo- uh, advocates of agorism getting out there and putting their money where their mouths are, uh, that would be great. Until then, it's just more of an academic discussion. And I think it's a good one. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. If it's too late to worry, and you're too... GCN, are you there? Okay, there they are. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we launch here into the second hour of the program, we go to your phone calls about anything. If we get a chance, Wayne, you've got a story I definitely want to get to about how politicians are like psychopaths. Is that right? Yes. We'll get to that. Uh, but we've got to go to your calls first. And ladies first, specifically, Pam is in Wisconsin. Pam, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Pam, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was going to mention a book that's out called Strawman Burnest. And I know uh, Alex Jones has mentioned the Strawman Laws on his uh, radio show. Um, but there's a book called Strawman Burnest. You can get it at lulu.com, written by Brian Leonard Golightly Marshall. It tells people how to get out of their mortgages and car notes and credit cards. So how to, to get out of their mortgages. What, what do you mean by that? Maritime laws. Wait, when you say get out of their mortgages, what, what do you mean by that? Legally, you can do that. Uh, there's a 20-page document. Uh, so you can, uh, it's in the back of the book, and you can download the book to get the actual page. So, so, so let me mean like bankruptcy? And it gets, no. No, no, no. 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 She Just means to, magic uh, words. Because realistically, the Federal Reserve, as you well know, and the fiat currency is an illegal method of lending people money. Sure, and that sure they actually are using it for their own purposes. I agree with that, um, but it's legal. But if you look at the book, it's phenomenal because it does show you the maritime and admiralty laws 
how they have influenced the lending practices. Let of me the see if I can go people. out and uh, speculate for a moment here, Pam, on what it is the approach is, and you can tell me where I'm uh, where I've got it wrong. Uh, these and, and this is just based on some things I've I've heard in the past from callers like you. Uh, the speculation is that basically you write a few magic words down on uh, the you know the the bill that you get like accepted for value, and they're all of a sudden going to just wipe away uh, the debt. Uh, they'll just go ahead and cancel it all out, and you get to keep your house and keep your car and all of that, and it just makes it all go away. It's like magic, right? Well, because they took they took out. Uh, you know, against our birth certificates and our social security cards, they took out loans and used it as collateral. Have you done this, Pam? It's illegal to do that, and they did that. That's how they, you know, went for years from Pam in this control. country from Sorry. 1933 yeah. onward to, or listening, you know, do the fiat currency financing. Uh, Pam, have you done this uh, this particular? Uh, I'm going to be doing that actually next week. I've got a friend who's an <laughs> well, attorney, and I'm going to be going ahead with this. Okay, well, well, let, to hear let, us, know, how, let yeah. us know how it goes, please. Yeah, please uh, give us yeah, a call back and clue us in because we've well, had people calling well, and telling us this over the years and it's never panned out. Well, no, one no, one's ever, no one's no ever one, called and said, hey, right. it was no problem at all and yeah. my credit looks great. No one has ever, ever actually, followed Actually, up. on the Alex Jones show, they do talk about the straw man's laws. Okay. And I, I don't care what goes on on another, uh, you know, another radio show. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Anybody can talk but about what they want to talk about, Pam. This is still Genesis. GCN Network, so that you're kind of affiliated with Alex Jones. I mean, the whole corporate thing. Mm, it, we're only affiliated no. in that he appears on the same radio network we're on. It has no. Right. We have nothing. That would be like saying that uh, one talk show host is affiliated with another talk show host because they happen to be in the same company. I've never uh, met Alex. I don't have a problem with him. He seems like he's a nice guy. Uh, I like his coverage of the police state and all that. But from all, right. all of the the talk that people have uh, have been uttered uh, uttering over the years on Free Talk Live about the so-called straw man, I've never really seen any conclusive uh, success stories about people being able to do these things. Nor would I suggest that they do either, because it seems pretty dangerous. The whole idea of you got into an agreement uh, with the bank where you said you were going to pay them a certain amount of these funny money Federal Reserve notes every single month, and now you're trying to back out of that deal. And I, I find it dis... Uh, I, I realize that actually, the, the, the actually, money is fiat, but it seems disingenuous. I've heard that too. And But here's the, here's the whole problem, and I've seen this happen in the past, is, is this might be perfectly legal. This might be perfectly valid. However, it doesn't mean they're going to let you do it. Because the the rule of law in this country, if you have a notice, is going down the toilet. So what makes you think they're going to follow the law in, in the court? Oh, she heard someone on the well, radio see, talk what, about what, it. What they've abandoned with is the common law. And the common law is what they're supposed to be going by. Well, not if you're in an admiralty court. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, as you must realize, at, at this point, judges can rule independent of any common law. And they can put in, you know, they can prosecute people differently, sentence people differently. Well, they any can. Other but, but if they do something like that, if they do something that bold, they're not going to get any promotions. They're not going to become a federal judge. They're not going to be appointed oh, to a that's, higher... That's how the system works, though. If it's the more corrupt they are, the more successful they are. So, Pam, what are you going to try to get out of? What loan are you going to try to, to escape from? Oh, probably my mortgage. Your boy, so you have a house, you've got a mortgage on a house, and you're going to try to get out from that and actually keep the house when all is said and done without having to pay one more mortgage payment. Is that correct? Wait, well, if you realize the Illuminati's do this all the time, and they have uh, the Jesuit orders who work within the banking system. I don't realize any of that. It sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. For them all the time. Somebody's blown a lot of smoke right up here behind, ladies. Yeah, is it, they do. This is the same do. woman that believes that Jesus no, is alive not, is in it, Australia. Wait, wait a second, Pam. I thought it was, is it the global um, Catholic bankers? 
That's part of it, yes. Mm-hmm. I, there you mm-hmm. go. No, that's the Jesuits. <laughs> You're just the Jesuits. Well, right? that's the shadow government. The shadow government is headed by the Vatican and the Talmudic Jews. All right, we're going off the, the deep end here, Pam. Yeah. Here, here's well, what I want you to true. do. What, are the, what, what does the Vatican want? You, you want to dwell in the darkness? <laughs> or you want to go to the light? I've got to hear this. Have you ever been contacted by the Nords? Why does the truth? What, what do you truth, want to hear, Mark? The truth is a sort of light. You can't tell the truth consistently. What okay. does the what do the Jews uh, the Talmudic Jews have to do with I'm not uh, the talking Vatican? about Jews overall. I'm talking about Talmudic Jews. Talmudic Jews. What do the Talmudic Jews? Um, that's the Ashkenazi Jews, the white ones, right? Right. What you do know, the white variant, Jews yeah. have to do with the, well, no. the Vatican? No, it doesn't mean necessarily white or whatever. No, they're, they're connected. They, white. they run the shadow government. They want they run but, the world. The, no, the, the 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 Vatican. What is they? What do they have to do with the Vatican? I thought those people were Catholics. Please tell me the connection. There, there is a connection. If you know about the symbology that over, it goes throughout all the organized religions, there's a connection over all of it. But you know what? There's you a, to, but there's I, a higher can, group I, above I them. I can certainly email something to you if you'd like me to. Yeah, Mark, why don't you give out your email for Pam? <laughs> yeah. No, Pam, <laughs> Pam there's, there's, there's a lot of evidence now of alien involvement with these, these uh, elitists, you know. <laughs> well, aliens are bullshit. Thank you for oh. the call, Pam. You Click. lose again. She has done that twice now. Naughty, naughty Pam. She's supposed to be so religious, too. 800-259-9231. She calls him like she sees him, man. That's the sacral CAI toll free line. So Pam is going to try to do the uh, the magical hocus pocus thing with her uh, her loans. And Not a good idea. Try to uh, write some magic words down on her next mortgage payment that'll just make the mortgage company say, "Oh crap, she figured out the system." Well, we better wipe away her mortgage now. Now you know what there have been. Or the some, Illuminati's going to get us. There have been some stories on foreclosures lately where. What happens is they go to the courthouse to try to take your house away, and you you ask the lender, let me let me see the note, and they don't have it because it's been sold off in in uh, securities, it's been bundled up, and yeah. nobody nobody has it, and these people end up winning and getting their house. I that that makes a that's heck not of what a she's lot. talking about. That right, makes a not, heck of a but lot that's more not what sense. she's talking about. And you know, I she's saying your name's in all calves, so it's not really you, and the fiat the fiat money isn't really real. So all you have to do is use your mystery account that the government has set up for you with billions of dollars in it that's set up under your name, and you use that to write off a uh, a cancellation notice or something like that. It's basically this mystery well, thing. Fr- of, well, they're, they're trying to, from what I've seen of it, they're trying to expose fraud because they're saying when I took out this loan, it really wasn't a loan. You weren't lending me anything. You, I was basically creating a, creating money myself and creating this note that I have to pay you now that I just created out of thin air. That's essentially what the argument I've always heard. That is what, th- that's my understanding of it as well. Yeah, which, uh, which would, if that's true, it would be fraudulent. But uh, the problem is, of course, some of these things may have some credence, but it just depends on which judge you get. And I just don't, at this point in our declining republic, I just don't have a lot of faith that the legal system will do the right thing, even if it is the right thing. And also the um, even if a bank and I you know I I think that there's there's lots of valid reasons for not wanting you know for for not paying one's mortgage or getting out of the arrangement or whatever but this particular arrangement doesn't make any sense to me because the bank is still even though it gets the money from the Federal Reserve which is created out of thin air then they then become responsible to the Federal Reserve for that um, for for that loan so even if they didn't have the loan in assets. They they now need to essentially it's a, it's a liability. Now one can make the argument that uh, you know banks that accepted the bailout um, you know before you had your loan, well hey whoa that's my tax money there and I you know I'm I'm going to back out of my mortgage as a result because you 
the, the bank didn't, and the bank nor the government asked me whether or not they could do a bailout. Right. She's not talking about backing out of no. a mortgage. She's talking about getting the rest of it paid down for free, getting it waived basically, and getting her house free, which is a bunch of nonsense. To think that's going to work, I look forward to seeing the story of somebody actually having success with it. I'll probably never see that day. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. With features including live streams, we've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free. You also have updates. You can get it all free at at, uh, freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy making your own tools, doing your own repairs, and constructing things out of salvaged materials? If so, join James Ballou at paladinpodcast.com to learn what's in his new survival book, Makeshift Workshop Skills for Survival and Self-Reliance. Browse more than 800 other books and videos at paladinpress.com on topics like survival, firearms, martial arts, and more. Remember, paladinpress.com. All right, we continue here. Uh, we will go to your calls about anything, starting with James in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. James. Yes, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, James? Uh, yeah, I just want to ask, how, how was the country of the United States founded? Well, I think some old guys, uh, old white dudes, sat around in a room and wrote some stuff down on a piece of paper. With white wigs on. Yeah. Yep. How, how did they get here? How did they or get? Where did they come from? Boats. Uh, yeah, the they came from the UK. Most of England. most of them. It wasn't yeah. the UK then. It was right, 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 Britain, England, whatever. Certainly some Dutch people involved. That in island. A certain amount of French people. Yeah. The French. Uh, you telling me that the, the British Crown didn't want them to use the system? <laughs> I'm sure the British Crown did want them to use the system. I'm sure that uh, they they would have preferred had they just you know continued to bow down and pay uh, pay whatever taxes King George wanted them to pay the, uh, the whole one percent tax on tea or whatever it was that they were so outraged about. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they were quite uh, quite admonished for trying to do their own thing. Yeah, that's 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 what gets me when people try to say use the system. I mean. How is this country founded? I don't think this country was founded by using the system. Well observed, sir. Any other thoughts tonight? Um, yeah, I just think, um, I mean, what happened to the USSR in 1991? They broke up. Yep, and, you know, it happened so, it really just overnight. People didn't even know that it was going to happen, and poof, the, the government's gone. A, a critical mass of people stopped listening to the idiots on TV and the stupid politicians. <laughs> they just stopped listening to them, they stopped obeying them, and, and then it collapsed. And that's right. and that's that's the best alternative you have. If you start rioting, if you start um, uh, being violent, that's what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Just don't participate and ignore the idiots, and then you'll you'll get the change you want. Thanks that's, for the call tonight, James. Right. Good hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Yeah, that's uh, that's what really needs to happen. Is America the American people need to stop granting the government, the U.S. government, so much uh, legitimacy? They need to start seeing them for what they are, and that is, they are a band of brigands. They are a, a gang writ large. The government is nothing more than the writ mafia. That, real large. Yeah, that flies flags in front of its offices. Uh, so start to come to the conclusion about what government really is, and that is an agency with a violent, uh, a violent monopoly over coercive force. Uh, start coming to those conclusions, and then 
take the next step and stop obeying them. Because that's the, that's the biggest and most important step. And you were talking about it earlier tonight, Mark, how people are afraid. They're frightened to death of what the federal government might do to them. What they, now, they don't do it to most people that, uh, that drop out from their system. Only now and then will they go after people. They'll do it in a very high-profile way, like you know Willie Nelson or Wesley Snipes or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, most people that drop out, say, of paying IRS taxes are left unmolested at least for several years and then they are they threatened. say they say and I, I you know I it's difficult to find these numbers but a lot of the numbers that I have found do support this that 60 million people that are working don't pay taxes in America I think that's we're a not, good thing we're not talking about people that are you know too old or too young or you know work uh, work at home as yeah. housewives we're talking about just people that are working that don't pay taxes I don't know if it's true either but I, I don't, what I, I would I like can't to prove see it. What I would like to see happen is the a portion of those folks step out and say, yeah, I'm one of them, instead of just kind of hiding and not paying and just avoiding uh, any sort of knowledge of the, having their friends know this kind of thing and their yeah. family members know it. Put it on your sleeve and tell people proudly that you will not support violence, that you will not support uh, the, you know, the killing of people around the world, that you will not support the imprisoning of your friends and your family members in this insane war on drugs, and you are not going to continue uh, supporting and condoning what the federal government does, regardless of who happens to be sitting in the White House at the time. Make it clear that it's not a partisan issue. Make it clear that you're not doing this just because it's Barack Obama, that you would have done it back if it was uh, George W. Bush. It's just that you hadn't come to that conclusion yet uh, at that point. So uh, so Americans need to get over their fear and get together and start disobeying. Now, of course, that's where I think the Free State Project comes in to help people with that, uh, getting over that hump. That, that And it's a very big hump of yeah. fear. Uh, if, you're ba- if you've got people that are backing you up, if you've got... I admit I'm scared. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not prepared to go to prison right now. If you've got like-minded people that are behind you that are going to not only uh, do what you're doing but also support you if they decide to target you to go after to hold you up as the example you'll have people at least backing you up you'll have people that are going to come to the court trials that are going to protest that are going to send you mail and donate money um, to you know help with your legal campaign they do they do all kinds of that stuff here But, but it's good to have those people in a close regional proximity to you and that's one of the the real perks i think being here in new hampshire as part of the free state project is there already are hundreds of liberty-minded people here and there are more that are coming every single month more every single year uh, and it's only going to get better and better. And then finally, as we have, as our ranks continue to grow, more people will feel comfortable enough to step out and to start disobeying and uh, and make it make it obvious, and then invite others to come along with them. I never would have put my head above the sand like that, like I have today living down in florida from where i come i never would have done it back then because i just didn't have the backup i didn't have that support structure that makes me feel a lot more comfortable with living like a free person and i hope that others will join us freestateproject.org is their website as we continue with your calls doug is in minnesota on the amp line doug you're on free talk live hey i thought amp line people came first you've no nope, thought wrong have you heard uh, that had you heard that yeah, somewhere was, we've never that, made that claim so oh, never, never mind. No big deal. The perk is you've uh, got, got a phone, phone line you can to. call in on. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, hey, just quickly, uh, I addressing Mark's point of agorism. I used to bank with a or quote unquote bank because that's a legal term with an agorist guy for 20 years. He was in business. I could I banked in gold and and divisions of gold, and he finally got 
taken down by the Fed for the crime of warehouse banking, which is made up. Was this the guy you knew, Wayne, out on the West Coast? Yes, uh, Hargis. Yes, Anthony Hargis and Company. Yeah. Can you tell I this? lived out there, and I used to go to his office, and he had an office, and he had clerks, and he had bookkeepers, and he was a great business. He was there for 20 years. I knew people who banked with him, yeah. Yep, and um, I, I am part of his case a little bit, anyway. So yep. wait, when did, anyway, they, when did he get busted? Uh, four years ago. So they came into his warehouse bank, and they took all his gold? Took all the gold, seized all his accounts. Um, how much did you all, lose? All, how much? I lost five, uh, $2,500. Gosh. Yeah, kind of sucked. $2,500 worth of gold? Game. I'll call back later. Wait, wait, what? You've got to go? I, I got a volleyball game. I got to run. Oh, darn. This was just getting interesting. Thanks for the call, Doug. Yeah. 800-259-9231. So that's what happened to an agorist that actually took the, uh, the time and the effort and the money and did... What it is that most of the agorists only talk about doing, and he got a raid for his uh, for his efforts, and all of his money stolen. More and on the way. everyone else's free talk live. Alakees.com is a community for self learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. Uh, that is shrine.freetalklive.com. Before we continue here, Wayne, we were just talking with Doug in Minnesota, and he brought up a warehouse bank. We had earlier discussed the idea of agorism, and that is uh, essentially operating businesses in the black black and gray market or the, the underground economy, essentially, without going and, and begging permission from the state in order to run one's business to, to offer a product or service to the marketplace. And you apparently knew the same guy that Doug was banking with, uh, his name Anthony Hargis. And I found a story here from uh, com, where alleged tax scam promoter sent to jail. The Justice Department announced, this was from back in 2004, that the federal judge in Santa Ana has ordered Anthony Hargis of Fountain Valley, California, to be jailed indefinitely for failing to give records of his business. Now, indefinitely. You, you had said he hadn't gone to jail. Well, he got out a long time ago. He I remember, did? Yeah, I remember hearing about it. How did he get out? They, we know? they originally released him when they found out where the records were, and they did obtain the records from, from the company. But they, they had it was it was a so-called warehouse bank where they dealt in gold and sometimes silver. And uh, I remember my I had a few friends who actually banked with uh, him, and they actually had a bill paying service, so you could pay your phone bill and you could pay everything, and they would do it for you, mm-hmm. for example. So they'd take some silver out of your account and then yes. they'd. Yeah, transfer that into it, cash, and, and you could open up an account in either FRNs or uh, grams of gold. You could do an F or a G account, I remember what they called it. And FRN I, I, stands for Federal Reserve Notes. Yes. And so I had a few friends who banked with them, and I used to sometimes tag along and go down there with them 
Uh, and and I, th- I found it really interesting. I met Anthony a few times and spoke with him and tried to see what he was all about. And So uh, did he seem like a stand-up guy, like an honest dude? Oh, yeah. Th- he was in business over 20 years. So, so this I, isn't because he ripped off his customers or anything like this. This is because he threatened the government. I mean, the, his business, the existence of this bank, essentially uh, was a threat to the status quo, a threat the to, the ex- uh, to the establishment. Well, imagine what it would be like if, uh, you, if you were running a bank nearby this guy, and he kept his assets on site in real value, but you didn't, uh, you know, your bank didn't have assets on site, maybe a, fractional a, reserve. A, yeah, a tiny fraction of the amount of, uh, of the deposits, and, uh, you know, what you were dealing with were Federal Reserve notes, which are backed by nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like a no-brainer, and it, I'm sure that some banks found it very intimidating, that, uh, and that they figured people would catch on. Well, allegedly, some people at the time said that they uh, that they were doing it to hide money from a spouse or hide the income it, assets and identities from the IRS. Claims this uh, article. Yes, and sometimes they were doing it to hide it from the taxman, I suppose, too. But it was mainly just the desire for really real privacy, like you get in a Swiss account, which he offered and did so for over 20 years. Hmm. Now there was a time around the early 90s I remember hearing that he was raided, and they ended up giving everything back. So. I guess so. Wait, he was raided, and the cops earlier. gave them everything back. Well, no, I think the feds had raided him in the, the early feds. '90s or the late '80s, and um, they had end up giving everything back. They uh, he had some attorneys uh, file a lawsuit, and at the time, maybe the legal structure was such where the there were enough rights left where that he was able to reverse hmm. it. But in 2004, evidently they, so they completely yeah they they kebobbed him good. In court in December 2003, ordered the court actually ordered Hargis to turn records over. Then after a hearing, he was found in contempt of court for failing to do so. So we've seen on this uh, show how it is that these government courts have this power, this magical power of contempt that doesn't exist in any law. It's just a supposedly inherent power within the court system. This judge says, give me this document. And the guy says, no. And so he goes to jail for that. Well, I thought he had the right to remain silent. Apparently, that doesn't include Apparently the right to not turn over your documents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. So he went to jail for that. Uh, for a while. He was in jail for f- several months, if I remember correctly. I remember hearing. And then finally, I guess they obtained the records from somebody who worked for him, maybe, and, and turned them over, or they raided a few houses. I don't remember. It's been a while. But uh, eventually, he's out now, and uh, I guess he's still writing for a few websites but um strike the root i think he uh, writes yeah. there occasionally the rest of the story here is from uh, assistant attorney this is basically a press release from the state uh, assistant attorney genital says for the justice department's tax Divi- uh, division that failure to comply with court orders enforcing irs summonses is a serious matter imposing strong sanctions on those who violate court orders ensures that the rule of law is upheld in a related civil injunction in that same court, the Justice Department sued Mr. Hargis in the prior week, alleging in court you know, papers... They, they just said that they, uh, the rule of law is upheld, but the, the man has the right to the Fifth Amendment, and that means he doesn't have to turn over to anything. To self-incriminate? Right. He doesn't have to turn over anything. But the judge wants to see it to see whether or not he um, you know, is self-incriminating, and I believe... That that's where the problem uh, the problem lies in the first place. I'm supposed to judge, ju- trust this federal judge, the guy who works for the organization that is prosecuting me, the yeah. U.S. government. Oh, no he'll thanks. Be, he'll be impartial, Mark. Don't you worry. Yeah. 
Uh, they sued him, alleging in court papers that Hargis's warehouse bank accepts funds from so, some 253 customers, then places the commingled funds in nine commercial bank accounts held in his name or the names of his associates. Hargis then allegedly uses the commercial bank accounts to write checks to pay customers' bills. The commercial bank accounts are allegedly in, held in Hargis's and his associates' names, making it difficult for the authorities to trace the income, assets, expenditures, and identity of the customers. And you know that they get so upset when they can't gather information on you. They do love their information. The complaint alleges that Hargis's customers located throughout the United States, but primarily in California, owe an estimated $24 million in federal taxes. Well, how did they come to that figure? I don't know. They just made it up. So that's uh, an example of what will happen if somebody goes ahead and puts all their eggs in one basket and, and does the agorism thing and opens up a warehouse bank. My question is, how can this be avoided? How is it? Because we also saw a similar situation with the Liberty Dollar folks. Uh, we've had Bernard von Nothaus, the founder of the Liberty Dollar, on this show a few times in the past. Probably past due having him on again, uh, especially since what happened recently. We, I don't know. If, I think we might have mentioned it on the air. I don't recall. But uh, basically, he was arrested finally. So they, they had raided the Liberty Dollar in November of 2007, which is a alternative currency. It's not trying to uh, to imitate the U.S. currency, the Federal Reserve notes, it's trying to supplant them by offering something better as an alternative, real value-backed, silver and gold-backed currency, uh, actual notes and the the physical metals that you could actually have, you could hold in your hand. Uh, it's a great product. I've always been a fan of the Liberty Dollar. And then they went and they stole my money. I mean, Doug was talking about how he lost $2,500. I lost hundreds of dollars uh, in the Liberty Dollar certificates that I had when the federal government came in and they stole millions of dollars worth of the Liberty Dollars, gold and silver and bronze and all of the, the precious metals that they had, some platinum as well. They stole millions of dollars worth and they still have it. Now, Bernard von Nothaus has sued the federal government in a class action suit to try to get that money returned to their rightful owners. Uh, when the, uh, one of which, some of which are, are us. And our listeners. Many of our listeners yep. are holders of those, uh, those notes. And those warehouse receipts, I guess, is more accurate. But when will that come through? Is it going to be another decade and a half uh, before the money is finally returned? Will the federal government still exist then? What if the federal government crashes and burns? Are they ever going to give the money back? Of course of course they won't. Uh, I don't ever expect to see my my silver ever again, but it sure would be nice if if, uh, if it came back. In the meantime, they've arrested Bernard von Nothaus. This is the most recent development. He and three of his employees at the Liberty Dollar have been arrested, and so they're trying to crack down ever harder. Now, Bernard is taking a pretty positive approach to this. He's saying this arrest gives him the opportunity to finally challenge uh, some more of these laws, the, this oppression. He's going to take this all the way, and I wish him the best of luck. But it brings me back to my question, and maybe you have an answer. You as a listener have an answer. What is it that somebody who has the capital to start up some sort of alternative uh, currency or alternative bank, one of these things that we've seen the federal government has no problem just coming in and raiding these locations and just stealing their assets, what could be done to protect those assets? How could you open up a bank that was in some way decentralized, where the location of the money was secret uh, and somehow protected from the feds? Is it even possible? It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. 
Hey, this is Mike. This is Jamie from Wheels Off Liberty inviting you to join us on our weekly podcast about freedom that even two idiot rednecks like us can understand. Take it from the only two hosts that have been gay married, had an Xbox playing pot-induced honeymoon, and then got gay divorced. We believe in liberty for everyone. So join us every week on www.wheelsoffliberty.com for a -a one-of-a-kind take on liberty and freedom. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the show. Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, they probably sell it at Amazon. They've got dozens of categories, even used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, go used. And we'll still benefit if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your calls about what you want, it's Taryn in Georgia. Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, fellas. Hey, what's on Um, your mind tonight? First, I wanted to say... uh I'm wondering when you guys are going to do a Pam-Paula debate and get them on at the same time. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be would. excellent. That would be like a Trekkie conference, a <laughs> convention or something. Just let them go. <laughs> and uh, secondly, I want to talk about these black and gray markets because something um, – I'm kind of new to this world. I didn't know about it, but I was trying to earn some extra money by uh, selling off some stuff and – as far as I also sell some jewelry and stuff, and I went to a huge flea market near my house here. Mm-hmm. It seems that these have been running for years and years, and it's completely black in, in gray markets. I mean, Well, what evidence do you have that uh, would make you say that? Because I've got to know the vendors, and everything's in cash. People trade all sorts of stuff, not just... Uh, like there was a guy coming through trading pocket knives the other day for you know whatever you had at your booth and what would the, would the pocket me knives have, wait, hold on Taryn would those pocket knives have been illegal? They could have been. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's not I, I, agorist. I, I mean, ask any questions. If if you're doing barter, I think that that's an an agorist thing. Okay, I think you're right about that. But what I'm saying is these things are already established because um, we have a pretty high Latino community here, and I didn't know anything about this. But they actually have like a little town set up in the flea market. They have a barber there. They have you know a place where you can go and make phone calls to Mexico. You got another place that's mm-hmm. uh, you know like a um, a little medical stop, and it's in the flea market. Like these booths, people are selling food, they're selling tools, they're selling, and it, it's amazing that I had no idea this was already so established and already off the grid. That's so I don't think it would be that hard if you could find something like that in New Hampshire to plug into. Uh, here's um, my concern. Here's my concern. Having uh, had a little bit of experience with flea markets, and I'm sure somebody that has had more the more experience than I can call in and really set us straight on this. But when I I remember being down in Florida and running a table for the Libertarian, Libertarian Party back then at a flea market that was. Uh, one of the things that I set up and, and I did, uh, we were doing some, I think, petitioning or something like that. So reaching out to, to voters. But obviously we're surrounded by the other the flea market businesses and I get to kind of uh, be somewhat immersed in the, the flea market culture as, as a result of being there. 
And there are <laughs> flea market flea market culture. I love there, that. There are it really is. <laughs> agents. There are state agents whose job it is to go to flea markets and catch people who are operating without the proper paperwork and without collecting taxes. Now, of course, here in New Hampshire, perhaps there are no such agents because there is no sales tax. I don't know what level of enforcement there is here in New Hampshire. That I would be interested in learning from some people who might have experience in a state where there is no sales tax and uh, working in a flea market. But if a state agent comes to a flea market operator and demands that they see paperwork to show that you know they're collecting taxes from their customers or they buy something they aren't charging tax, then they could be busted for that. So to say that the, the flea market is a completely off-the-grid, uh, black-slash-gray market, underground economy thing is not entirely accurate there is a significant level of enforcement operations that goes on against those uh, against flea market operators from my understanding i've never seen that but i'm sure that probably somewhere in the country there's bureaucrats that go crazy over it but you could probably here, get away with going to a, you could probably I mean, get you don't away even with need a business license or anything you don't need a business license you're right to uh, to operate a flea market table and you could probably get away with operating it for a little while. I don't know if they're there every single week investigating every single business. Obviously, knowing government bureaucrats, that's probably not the case. But there is a chance that you could be caught up in an undercover sting operation looking for people that aren't charging the sales tax. That's, that's what I'm telling you. I, I don't think that you need a business license. You're absolutely right about that. The flea market is not going to look at that information. They just want to see if you've got the 20 bucks for the table or the, you know, the 40 bucks for the covered booth. So they again, just want to I sell mean, you have, that. have fun trying to prove what I've sold and what I haven't. You well, know? that's just it. I mean, how it, do they know anything? They're not going to know anything. But if they come up and uh, and they essentially buy something from you and you don't charge sales tax, then they've got they've got a case against you right there. Yeah. Hey, man, it's included in the price. <laughs> you know, then they are going to want to see your filings. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to want to see that uh, you've been sending paperwork into the state and that you've got a registered business. All I'm telling you is don't expect that you can set up a, uh, a flea market booth and go completely unmolested from the state. Remember, the state doesn't like it when money changes hands without their approval, without them getting a cut. And so they target, and they love to target poor people, too, and it's not the rich uh, that are operating flea market booths for the most part. So it's very highly likely that you will be a costed by state agents the longer you run a flea market booth. That's what I'm saying. And I'd love what to hear from somebody that has more experience. Where you, you get a group of people you trust and do a swap meet every month. Well, then, then you're talking about a private, uh, some sort of private organization or private club. That would be very difficult for the state to infiltrate. But if it's a private club, then you're not going to be very successful at reaching beyond the borders of your membership. So true. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't give it a shot. Uh, but just expect that uh, if you're in a place where there is a sales tax, you might have some opposition from state agents. Taryn, any other thoughts? No, I was just curious if anyone, I was hoping someone up there would uh, pick up the ball with that idea and get something going before I arrive. To get, to get a flea market uh, going? Or, or, or some sort of, yeah, or a swap meet. You know, if there's, you know, say you get three or 4,000 forks living there, then that's a pretty significant swap meet once a month. It's an interesting idea. I don't know how on the how in the world you would how that would work exactly. You'd what get people together and set up eight eight by three tables and they just do it offer privately, things. Yeah. You know, there's uh, I, I don't I, I know that there's 
in Grafton, they have plenty of property where they could do something like that on a regular basis, at least on a monthly basis. Well, right now we do have the Free Keen Forum. Uh, there's a Free Keen Free Market area where people have offered things that they've been trying to sell and give away. And I think that has worked to some extent, and it doesn't require everyone get together at the same location at the same time. And yeah, it would seem like virtual so, would be better if, yeah. you, if you can get it really up and rolling. Hey, thanks, uh, Taryn, for the call tonight. I appreciate hey, no hearing problem. from you. I, I hope somebody out there is uh, listening tonight, or, or maybe you can call in later in the week if they're listening via podcast, who has experience, uh, who has worked at a flea market for an extended period of time. As I said, I've only been, I've only done it for a few weeks. Uh, it, it was nothing extended for me, and I, I heard the the rumors about the cops coming around. Not not cops, but state tax agents basically coming Florida, around to the right? tables. That was down in yeah. Florida, and they have a sales tax there. We they do. We don't have one here. And by the way, I did send you two gentlemen a story today about how in Los Angeles there's a fellow going around and he's showing how on video how a lot of the small storekeepers now the grocery stores are accepting silver Ooh. for groceries. I like that. They're weighing it. They have they have testing equipment so they can see what the density if they're forty percent silver coins, ninety percent silver coins, and Gosh. then they. I always wondered about that. How? Because I love the idea of shifting over to a value-backed currency or actual silver as far as doing transactions. But I'd always been concerned about, well, sure, it says point nine 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 fine on it, but how the hell do you really know? What is it that the, what kind of tools do they have that can they, they have an instrument I guess that tests the resistance the electrical resistance through the metal so they can oh, they, cool. so they can actually see what the purity is because silver is more conductive than other metals are mm-hmm. so they by, by the con, the conductivity they can tell what the purity is that's pretty cool yeah you know I mean I I know that they buy uh, the the silver's in demand for industrial purposes and really that's the reason is because it's very conductive I it's my understanding gold is a little more conductive but extremely much more expensive cost, cost prohibitive yeah. but they, evidently they have the equipment but actually the video i sent you to if you want to post it on the bbs it shows exactly it shows the fellow in the store actually going through the whole process of weighing out like twenty dollars worth of groceries with with the, with the junk silver coins that he pays with junk silver that's uh well, really old, cut yeah no junk silver are bags of old coins that are all worn out but they're still the 90 percent or 40 percent silver coins mm-hmm. from uh, the 60s and earlier, mm-hmm. before they went to all the crummy metals they use now. They don't have any numismatic value, is really what the idea is. Yeah, they're just they're just for their weight. In so other words. when when you hear when we talk about the idea of transitioning to alternative currencies and value backed, and what it would be like to have two different prices on the shelf, do they have that where you can still pay in cash, or are they only accepting silver? No, you can do either. You can pay in FRNs or you can pay in silver and and, it, or gold in this particular store, that one of the ones he showed. It sounds on its face to be very complicated that, oh, my gosh, now you've got to take cash and you've got to take silver. Where do you store all of it? I mean, you've only got one drawer. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the silver and the purity and all of that? And so what you're well, saying is these small mom and pop stores are doing it. They, yes. It's not that hard, obviously. It's, this isn't a big grocery store where you've got people necessarily lined up. I mean, you know, some of these small grocery stores, there's plenty of time to do a transaction with the customer, and you've got mom and pop there, so they can take two people at once. Yeah, I think it's very doable. I think it's doable. All right, more on the way here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want. Hour 3 is coming up, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment. 
or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. VARadio.com Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airways. Is that your launch sound effect, Wayne? <laughs> yes, and you can bring up anything. Uh, toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. As we continue taking your calls, what the show is about, if we do get a chance, Wayne, you've got what sounds to be an intriguing story uh, about psychotics and politicians yes. and how they're similar. Uh not that we didn't know that already, but it it still sounds intriguing. But there's some studies now that confirm it. Oh, excellent. That's excellent. the best part. So science is backing it up. Uh, yeah. We'll go to the phones first, because that's what the show is about. Zach has been waiting patiently in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Zach. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Uh, a couple comments about the callers earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, about the gray and black markets, I think the way the legislation's going the, the downtown and the government now, I think it's going to get increasingly difficult for something like that to happen. Obviously, um, for something like what to happen? Made. Well, for uh, underground banks and so-called mm-hmm. Swiss banks here in the United States, uh, like like you were saying earlier, um, they got raided, and then now he's completely off the grid and, and in jail. And I, I think it's going to get even more hard uh, for stuff like that to happen. I well, think. Bernard von Nothaus is not off. Uh, he is not in jail at this time, but he did get arrested. I believe one of his cohorts was uh, was arrested and kept in jail because he is some sort of immigration issue with Canada or something like that. Crap. Uh, but uh, okay. but basically, I think you're right. The federal government does not want anything out there to compete with its monopoly on the on the currency in this country, and they are more than likely to target anything. Thing that turns out to be real competition, which is what the Liberty Dollar was really blossoming into. I mean, it had been around for nearly a decade at the time that it was it was raided, it become fairly popular within the the, the Liberty movement, uh, and of course at the time it was raided was getting behind the Ron Paul campaign. And, uh, and, you know, coming out with the Ron Paul uh, dollar, the Ron Paul peace dollar or something like that. And they were marketing that pretty heavily and it was bringing them some attention. And that was when the federal government decided to strike. It was they started back in 1998 and they weren't targeted back then. They were only targeted when they became a a real threat to the federal government's monopoly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, The reason why I called was that uh, today uh, a news report uh, through Fox Stated that Pentagon put out an exam. I don't know if you've heard this yet, uh, but they put out an exam, and in the exam was a multiple choice question. Uh, the question was, uh, which which one of these questions or statements is a low level terrorist? And uh, the four the four choices were one, uh, an attacker of the Pentagon, uh, two, a uh, race of race crime, three, an IED, and four, protester. Well, the answer, of course, was protest, protester, because the first three were violent crimes. However, it, it disturbed me quite a bit to find out that now protesters are considered terrorists. 
They always have been, but now yeah. they're just making it official because they're trying to scare people out of protesting. Well, remember, they did this during the Bush administration. The uh, the feds and in many cases, some local police departments would would actually spend their time, their cops time infiltrating peace groups. Uh, so organizations that were out there doing rallies and protests, demonstrations on the side of peace were being infiltrated by the police because, well, they were worried that they were terrorist organizations. Well, this so go- it's, it's just continuing that policy. Yeah, this was going on in the 60s during the Vietnam War. In fact, uh, at Ohio State University, some students were shot by National Guard troops back then. Was that Kent State? Absolutely. Oh, Kent State, yes. It was in Ohio, though. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, it's definitely been going on for a long time. But, uh, you know, now they're basically training all the people to come out of the Pentagon that uh, protesters are terrorists. It's- Becoming mainstream for government officials. It's that word. That word terrorist is just uh, yeah. suffering from mission creep, isn't it? Well, it's uh, it's pretty disturbing, and if that's true, then I am proud to be a protesting terrorist. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not that's that I ever one. thought that I would be, ever be safe from being labeled a terrorist. What I do is uh, talk about liberty on national radio, and that could be considered very dangerous uh, to the state. And so this could be terroristic threatening, what we do here on this show. I just hope Threatening that, to withdraw from the union. I just hope they sp- in my file that they spell my name right. Uh, yeah. You can get a copy so, of your file, so I hear, Mark. <laughs> I hope they spell it wrong. If they if they're going to give me their my file, then they're going to you know modify it Redacted. in some way. I <laughs> I think asking for your file would guarantee that you would have a, a file. file. Yeah. Um. And you know what would be the worst thing for me to find out that I have no file. Yeah. Like I've been doing a pro liberty radio show for six years years now, and either I'm so insignificant or the government is so incompetent that they don't have a, a file on me. I mean, I've go- gone on national airwaves, advocated the secession of New Hampshire from the United States Union, and they don't have a file. Well, considering how much time they spend on the Free State Project related message boards like nhfree.com and freekeen.com, considering the amount of time that the uh, the, the government people at all levels spend there. Odds are good they've heard of us, but I don't know, Mark. Maybe you're right. Maybe they don't have enough files yet. Hey, any th- any other thoughts for us tonight, Zach? Uh, well, earlier you, you guys talked about uh, getting off the grid. I'd just like to let uh, fellow Americans out there know um, I have been not paying federal taxes for quite some time now. I still pay my state, and I still support my state, um, but I haven't been paying federal taxes. I haven't gotten any letters from the federal government. I haven't had a bank account in many years. I pay my bills with prepaid credit cards, Hmm. and I do dabble in silver and gold, and all of which I do not accept certificates for, only the actual gold itself. You know, and um, it's interesting. I went... uh nine years without paying uh, paying taxes at all, and no one contacted me about it. And I, I just can't believe for a second that the uh, the federal government, uh, you know, the IRS, would uh, you know, know for a fact that I was in prison. But no one ever contacted me about it, about not paying. I mean, you would think that that would be the kind of thing that they would contact you, and then you'd let them so, know. So you, went, you were in pr- prison for nine years. Mm-hmm. You got out, and you started paying again at that point. They never said anything to you about, hey, where was uh, where never, you the last never, nine years? never. There's no contact at all. That's interesting. You know, you, so you were essentially a tax protester. I, I no, I wasn't. Time. No, <laughs> I was in prison. But you were fa- failure to file, Mark. That's a that's a federal. I'm crime. sure that there's some kind of uh, you know out, but they never even asked me about it. You know, they're just like, huh. Well, well no, if you're in the witness protection program, you don't pay taxes either, because that's one way you could be traced by the bad guys. Evidently, it's a pretty sweet deal. So wait, uh, for you, Zach, how many years was it that you haven't been paying federal taxes? It's been about four years now. Four years. Okay. 
I don't know what yeah. I don't know when they start going after people or what criteria they uh, they use to go after people, but yeah. I hope that you well, can continue an flying international under the radar. Law where if a government fails, they all their debts wiped out. So I think there's a good chance that you know the, the way America's going and the way the uh, the uh, the bankers are you know robbing the people blind. It's it's inevitable. They're hyperinflation and and the, the government's going to fail. I think and when it does. It can claim, you know, uh, exemption to all its debts, and we can start all over, and I think everybody will be fine. Zach, um, here's you're extraordinarily safe in making your assumption that the government is going to fail, because... They all do. Right. I mean, please, name for me a government that hasn't failed. I suppose somebody can point out the Vatican. Uh, they've been around for a long darn time, but at, by and large... Malta. What's that? Malta. Malta? I don't know anything about Malta. The Knights of Malta, you mean? Yeah, well, the of Malta, yeah. one thing's for sure that even though they are going to fail, that's not to say that people aren't going to get hurt on the way out oh, uh, yeah. from the death throes. And so, By gold and silver. Yeah. And, and you know something? You can see it following a pattern because it seems like there's a certain group of people that are stealing all they can before it all collapses. And in some of these bailouts, you don't know where the money went. There's trillions missing. Huh, duh, where's it going? Yeah. And, and of course, you can see all these groups, even China and some of these countries, are quietly talking up the dollar, but yet they're buying real assets with the money wherever they can. With the dollars. With the yeah. dollars, right, while mm -hmm. they still buy something. When you see that, you know, and you have like Germany demanding that all the gold held in the United States is shipped back to Germany, you know the end is coming. Yeah. Hey, Tony, thanks so, for the call. So buy your oh, land now, get your gold and silver on hand, in hand, and uh, wait for the inevitable. Thanks, Zach. Actually, your name is Zach, not Tony. Thank you, Zach, for the call. 800-259-9231. Good to hear from people that also have the courage to not pay the federal gang. And more people need to take that step and get behind one another if something does happen. Right, and a point that he was making there as far as get your land, um, if there is hyperinflation and it, it seems like they're printing a whole bunch of dollars and maybe that'll happen, I don't, I'm not going to predict hyperinflation. I am predicting this government is bankrupt. Um, and if, but if there is hyperinflation, the 30-year uh, fixed mortgage that you have on the property that you have... It'd be real easy to pay off. Be real easy to pay off. So you know, maybe not, don't pay off the property right now buy gold and silver instead. All right, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. That's what we call the show, Free Talk Live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And by the way, the features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Edit virtually anything you see. W-I-K-I. .freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. 
Try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. We've got just about every book over there, at least all the popular ones that are out right now. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Been thinking about getting a book? Go over there and get it for free. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Let's continue with your calls. Gene is on the line in Tennessee and on the amp line. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. Um, Are you the Christian anarchist? I am the Christian anarchist. I'm a, I'm leaving in the morning to fly from Newark, New Jersey to Hong Kong, and I need to find out how I can get past the Chinese censors. So, what do you mean? Well, they, they censor a lot of. You now you can't get on YouTube. You can't get on a lot of websites from over there. So I'm trying to figure out how I can uh, find a a tunnel that'll get me past the Chinese censors, so I can surf everything I want to do. So uh, I was you're asking maybe me? we can start up a thread on the board. Uh, I might go up and do that right after. You, you know what might work is some ideas. you know what might work is Tor T O R, the anonymizer. The, the, the yeah, but uh, I want to be able to search uh, regular websites. Yeah, Tor you can. doesn't. No, you Tor can. doesn't do that, does it? No, what it does is it sends you a request out to servers all over the world on a non-standard port and bounces them all over so that. It actually looks, the website actually thinks that you're in Germany when you're really in China, for hmm. example. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's I an option. Heard a commercial, I just heard a commercial on your show, on your show about uh, PatriotInternet.com, which has a uh, IP forwarding system. Great. I don't know if it'll work in China. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm not uh, familiar with it. I don't, I don't know much about how to get around the Chinese uh, Internet blocks, but I imagine the Chinese people do. You can certainly start a thread on the BBS. I don't know how many Chinese... Uh, folks are going to be reading that thread. I think they would be the ones that are the right people to ask. I think when you get over there, stop off at uh, some internet cafes and, uh, and see if you can dig around a little bit. But of course, if you if you alert one of the state uh, state agents or if you alert somebody that is a, a fan of the state, then they might report you and we might never hear from you again, Gene. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, we'll read about I think you. That's highly unlikely. Oh, highly yeah, unlikely. The right. cops over there are lazier than our cops. <laughs> Maybe you're right about that. Uh, in which case, they're, I think that more corrupt. I, I'm sure that there are some internet cafes where, if you know the right people and you know what to do, you can probably get them to give you some sort of uh, special access. But that would be, you know, you'd have to know what you were doing. You'd have to know who to talk okay. to. Well, what anyway, to say. try tour pro- try, try tourproject.org. Okay, and next time I talk to you, it'll be from uh, from Wuhan, China. Good luck, Wuhan. Gene. Thanks for the call tonight, All and right. have a safe flight. Thank you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know what's really interesting about all this is that the people in power are really squirmy about the internet, and you can see that the TV ratings, the TV viewers are declining sharply in the last year, and the newspapers are all hurting. And there was even rumor of a bailout for newspapers, and so the internet is really revolutionizing the flow of information mm-hmm. and and really the spread of of freedom again. Because people's yeah. minds are becoming open, more people are able to take the red pill because the information's there for them to do it now. Absolutely. Let's continue. Also, Amp Caller, we'll talk to Alex in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live on an Amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. I've got the solution to your banking question, Ian. How it is that uh, a bank, a decentralized private warehouse bank, could operate without being raided by the feds? Yes. All and right. it involves smart cards, the Internet and a web of trust. Here's how it works. You have um, independent companies that give out ID cards to people. Uh, These ID cards would be smart cards. Those ID cards would be used to uniquely identify a person. Now, let's say that um, you are a bank, and I'm a merchant, and I own an ice cream shop. 
And Mark is somebody who wants to buy ice cream at my ice cream shop. Yes, and I, I want to do this using the currency. What Mark would do, he would come into the shop with his card. He would scan it on one of my smart card readers and enter in a PIN number so that he can authenticate. Mm -hmm. After that, I would um, have on my computer a list of trusted peers, banks, in a sense, that I will accept currency from. Now, because I know you, Ian, or I sort of know you, I'm going to peer with you. So it's going to show up that that this person this unique person has an account with somebody that I'm peered with. So wait, so, Mark has so, to have an account with my bank in order for it for this all to work. Well, Mark would have to have an account at one of the banks that I peer with. Right. Now, the great thing about the market is that you can have certification companies that go through and take care of all the certifying and peering and stuff like that. That's no problem. So Mark goes and um he would then uh, execute a transaction, and the transaction would happen, and because we are trusted peers, we can do a transaction. Now, what's great is that if somebody starts uh, playing with the databases or trying to finagle all the money, then nobody's going to peer with them, and they're going to go out of business, you see? see. Now, what, what, now, the way that money would go into the bank is however you want to do it, Ian. So if, let's say that um, $1 of every um, $10 of AMP money that you get would go into an AMP bank account. And then I could peer with that bank account, and it could go that way. And then you could adjust your databases to be anything. So if somebody gives you an ounce of gold, it will be worth so many AMP dollars. I'm a little lost, all, I have to it say. It can all be done over the Internet with a web of trust. But how does that stop uh, the feds from coming to my house and taking the money that I have in my vault? Well, it can't, it, it can't stop that. However, the system is um, completely decentralized in that you could have banks all over the country or all over the world that with, with these, uh, these different accounts. And it's sort of – think of it as like open ID on the Internet. You, you, if you shut down one, there's still others everywhere else. So I could – you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I could have 250 in Ian's bank, and I could have – uh, 250 in Biles Bank or, you know, so, something like that. So even if one goes down, I don't have everything lost. And because it's all electronic, if one bank gets taken out by the feds, when I go to the store or, or when somebody wants to buy something, what I have to do is select one of the other existing banks that they have money in that's, that uh, the owner of the business is peered with. So you're saying that the individual who holds a bank account would have to hold multiple bank accounts and distribute their money across those bank accounts in order to to be maximum safe. Uh, that I makes have sense. multiple bank that's accounts. Just to be maximum safe. I mean, you, in theory, you would only have to do one. But like, for but example, if that one gets you raided, then you're done. Card and it's called Ian's credit card. Am I going to be able to use that now? Well, no. It's we let the marketplace decide which ones are going to stay. Yeah, I, just, I see where you're coming from. I was I was hoping there would be an easy way for consumers to distribute their funds over a, a large uh, variety of locations without having to go through the process of opening up ten different accounts. And it would it be as easy as just somebody giving you gold and having you give them a receipt. That's how easy it would be because I'm going to be the entrepreneur that's going to try and make it easy for people.
All right. Well, I, I hope you can because I'm. I have to say I'm a little confused. I thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got to make it easy to understand as well, uh, or people aren't going to embrace it. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. I might be a little more dense than the average person. Free talk live. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Features including archives. You can go back for an entire year right there on the front page of the website. All free for you at listen, or not listen, but you can actually get them at listen.freetalklive.com. You also get live streams there. But they're also on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com, and they are all completely free. We continue with your calls. Uh, Let's talk to Mark in Kentucky. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Mark in Kentucky, going once. Mark in Kentucky, going twice. There There he is. What's on your mind? Hi, Mark. Oh, prima facie evidence. What's that? Oh, you don't know. I've heard the term. Not very good with Latin. On the face of itself. So on the face it appears to be evidence, but that doesn't mean it is. And I'd like to suggest maybe that has to do with whether some of us have uh, IRS files on us collected or not. Can you explain? Well, when you use a Social Security number or allow someone to use one that you used to have, uh, that is prima facie evidence that you're trying to apply for benefits, that you want to be taxed, and therefore, there it goes. So, so when you use one, exactly how do I use a social security number now? I'm a 39, 38-year-old, whatever I am, um, 38-year-old male, and I've never received social security. So how am I using it? Well, it's Define uh, putting out the idea that you plan to by accruing benefits, by developing uh, payments that uh, establish credits for you. I don't and understand that's the way what you're it saying. It seems like everyone works. What nowadays? if your parents applied for it for you and you didn't apply for it yourself? That's um, only for the youngsters. I'm 50, and uh, I had a conversation with my folks uh, when I was told that I needed to get one. I said, is it uh, required by law? They said, well, not really, but you probably will have a lot of trouble if you don't get one. That should have been a red flag to me right there and to my parents as well. They taught me good values, but here I'm getting into something that seems to be based on fraud and force. Now, uh, wait a minute. I'm confused, Mark. Are you saying that... Having a social security number is using a social security number or actually putting it on forms and stuff like that is using a social security Well, I'm saying where we get crossed up is someone demands the use of it by us. Uh, For example, I've quit using one since uh, the year 2000 or so. Okay. And uh, it unfortunately makes me um, occupationally handicapped because a lot of folks touch me. But the plain and simple fact is that uh, there's nothing wrong in the law, in the codes, with issuing a 1099 without that Social Security number. It's not required. Just your name and address is. The sticky part, though, goes with whether uh, on the definition of an employee. So, yeah, they could 1099 you as an independent contractor, but what if right. you're working there full-time, and uh, that would be very difficult for them to explain, and they're all afraid of losing their businesses, so they're not going to do that for you. Exactly. And you talked about fear before. Why don't we all just stand up and say no? Um, Right now, my problem is that the accountants and the attorneys give bad advice, and I don't have any due process. I can show them right in the code where it's not required. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody knows that a Social Security number should only be used for Social Security business. However, everybody also knows that it's also grown into something far larger than that. They don't know what else to do about it. 
Exactly. And they're afraid not to use it because the accountants and lawyers are saying you can't even obey the law and, and obey the codes because if you do it a little bit kilter from what everybody else does it, then we're going to have trouble. And I think that's a fallacy. It's, well, yeah, uh, if you're going to withdraw from the system, it would behoove you to not listen to the advice of your accountant at that point because they're going to <laughs> yeah, tell you, what off- are you thinking? You can't withdraw from the system. Yeah, they're officers exactly. of the court. Exactly, they, and they make no money if I do that. Yeah, right. that's true. And I don't know how far I got once before I, I didn't manage to continue the conversation because I had a bad uh, phone line with you all, but uh, I was complaining about poor Bill Redpath over at the National Headquarters of the Libertarian Party. What about it happens to be occupationally um, handicapped because he isn't a, uh, an accountant. Okay. And how is he occupationally handicapped then? Well, because he's telling me that he has this understanding uh, that this is the only way things are allowed to be done. This is you have to give a Social Security number. You're not allowed to work without one. Well, and um, it's just not true, but um, it doesn't benefit his industry to even allow them to think in terms of what the law really says or who it really applies to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think about the billions of dollars that the H&R blocks and the the, uh, the rest of the tax accountants of the world would be no longer making if there was no IRS to essentially funny, uh, funnel, muddle, funnel, funnel money. I am out of it tonight. To funnel money uh, their way. So, That's right. And I'll have to admit uh, right now, uh, back in the 70s, right out of high school, school was so boring, I jumped right into H&R Block. And that's why um, I've become first in this to some degree. Very good. Well, uh, thanks for the advice, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231 the SACL CAI toll-free line. Certainly, if it is your intention to withdraw from the system and not send money to the IRS, you should also be avoiding uh, sending money to the Social Security office. And that's actually the easiest one to get out of as yeah. far as if you're I, self-employed, that I'm, sort of thing. I'm not interested in the least bit in uh, going to jail or dealing with the government in some kind of uh, adversarial uh, position, but... I, there doesn't appear to be any kind of consequences. Have you ever heard of anyone going to jail for not paying their Social Security not, uh, contribution no. or whatever they're calling that? I've never heard of it. Nope, I certainly haven't. Uh, but if you are not paying into Social Security, then you certainly cannot collect Social Security. No, they won't that let you. That I mean, seems pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be silly to think that you could. But I to mean, anyone the, that doesn't know, yeah, they, don't give that a try. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean, even and if you get out of Social in, Security, it's it's a terrible deal for everyone. You may say to yourself, though, but but Ian, I paid in money. I paid in thirty thousand dollars before I decided to stop. Shouldn't I be able to get that back? I would say that you should just write it off as a loss. Write well, it off as a learn uh, learning experience. You're wrong there. Um, the if really? you paid in for ten years. That's the minimum amount of time that you had to pay to have to pay into Social Security. If you paid in X amount of dollars over ten years or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you're due Social Security. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get Social Security because I happened to stop paying Social Security on the eleventh year that I was in Social Security. It will probably not be enough to buy a can of soda with, but I will get it if the United States government is still here. Well, I hope it's not, and I hope that secession has certainly happened by then. Uh, but for those of us, Mark, who did not pay in for 10 years, I was one of them. Uh, I started paying back in 1996, and I think I stopped probably before 2006. Yeah. So I had put $10,000 in uh, at that point, 
and that's gone. That's that's gone to me. And I oh, don't yeah. want the checks. I don't want I, to collect I, money from the federal government in the future. I am confident enough in my own ability to provide for my own retirement that I don't want to have anything to do with the federal government. If it is my intention to be a secessionist, then how 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 could I sit here and say, well, I'll collect my Social Security $10,000 when I get around to it and when I turn 65, but at the same time I support secession. You can't have one uh, and the other at the same time. Well, it's... You either support secession and you withdraw yourself from participating in the federal government in any way, shape, or form, or you're just a hypocrite. I agree with you on that standpoint. However, more likely, the a better um, place to come from is, look, if you're under the age of 40, you really think Social Security is going to be there to give you any kind of money? <laughs> mm. Cut your losses, take your money, put it in an IRA, buy gold and silver, do whatever you do with it. Anything you do with it will, be, will make more sense than giving it to the federal government, which is what it is. Social Security is not a lockbox. They are not obligated to give you anything. Just, nope. you know, <laughs> were they obligated to, uh, to, to, to honor the contracts that the shareholders of GM had? No. They're nope, not they obligated them right out. to do anything. And I don't trust them. I, for one, I know they're inflating the money, so I just I don't trust them to do anything right with that money. Let's continue taking your calls. What about money? what you want. Dave is in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Oh, hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind tonight, Dave? Uh, well, I was in uh, Detroit yesterday with my father because uh, spur of the moment, Peter Schiff was going to be in there talking. And uh, it was a free uh, seminar, which was pretty cool. And um, I think it's because everyone feels sorry for Detroit nowadays. <laughs> but uh, okay. he made an excellent uh, rebuttal to the uh, notion that's going around that we've evolved into a new economy, a service-based, information-based economy. Let's find out what that was here in moments. If you'll hang through, we'll bring you back. More with Dave, okay. your calls as well. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for you if you make the call right now to 1-800-259-9231. And still, if we get the chance, we'll sneak in uh, Wayne's story about politicians and psychopaths. We'll get to that, hopefully. It's your, uh, your, your show. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for you. If you make the call right now, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, we give the features on the site away, but we do ask for your voluntary support by the Free Talk Live AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we take in three bucks a month from you, if you're so generous as to uh, to give it to us, and we'll reinvest it into the show. Uh, plus, you'll get perks. Uh, so we'll get on more radio stations, spread the message of freedom to more new people, and you get access to things like the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up uh, tonight, amp.freetalklive.com, as we continue taking your calls. Dave is in Michigan. You were telling us about Peter Schiff. Uh, from Euro Pacific Capital, is yes, that, yes, that right. Uh, Peter Schiff, who has been making quite a name for himself as somebody who predicted uh, the economic downturn well in advance, who was uh, laughed at and derided for doing so, and now is being finally, I think, vindicated for what he was saying uh, previously, and of course he's still saying it, uh, saying that things are it is not over yet. This. Uh, this wild ride that the economy is on is not yet over, and it's all because of government inter- intervention. But you wanted to share part of what he had said uh, with our audience, so if you could, go ahead and do that. Dave? Uh-oh. 
Do we lose Dave? <laughs> Dave in Michigan? Do we have Dave going once? I'm here, guys. Dave there is, he is. <laughs> All right, go ahead and share what it is uh, you wanted to share with us about Peter Schiff's speech. Oh, yeah, he made a quick, excellent argument against the notion that's been tossed around that we've evolved into a service and information economy instead of being an industrial economy and such. Right. And he said that when we went from being an agricultural-based economy, because of the technology advancements, it freed up labor, and people were able to move on and go and, and work in factories and such and build up the industrial base and, and, and all this. And now what's happened is that uh, we've actually kind of de-evolved, and we've actually lost our core uh, our, our core part of our economy that keeps it running and that the notion that we've become a service-based economy is just a charade to kind of hide the, the truth that we're actually uh, just a consumer state now. So, um, you know, we've made the money that we're going to make through manufacturing and, and basically, we're, you know, we as a country are spending that money off and sending it to other countries. Is that the idea? Basically, yeah. He's saying we've consumed the wealth of our ancestors and now we're just living on the credit. Right, because we used to build things in this country, and that's how you create real wealth. You don't create wealth by shifting paper around or selling houses back and forth uh, from year to year. That's not where wealth is really created. And but, and but when when goods come over from China in big containers, what the government's been able to get away with is just shipping them paper in exchange if we don't have enough goods to to ship them. And and what's happening now is that's about to end. And I think with higher energy prices in the future, too, we may start to make things here again because the the labor differential in China and Asia is not going to make up for the uh, shipping uh, costs in the future. So I think I don't know, man. You got to pay American workers a hell of a lot more. Well, it's true, but but uh, there's a big differential when when the price of of oil gets to 150 to 200 dollars a barrel. Mm-hmm. It no longer becomes cost effective to ship things all the way over from China anymore. I'm sure there are people that have done those res- uh, those studies more no more than I do. I, I imagine you're right. And, and what, the problem, of course, is now is that our economy has been hollowed out because we're not making enough real things anymore. The real economy has been hollowed out so badly that uh, being reliant on just consumption alone is, is very dangerous. And when, you, when your economy is 70% consumption, that's way out of whack, and eventually that's going to collapse. And when it does, which we're seeing now, uh, we have bad consequences. And, we, and we're a debtor s- nation, too, because of it. To some extent, aren't we the inventors of the world, though? I mean, you know, clearly a person comes up with an idea, and then they either can make it themselves or they can get somebody else to make it. Sure. So, I mean, that's worth something, right? Uh, well, that's true. But, and, and, you know, for a while, there were a lot of American businesses that deluded themselves into thinking that, well, we'll do the marketing and all the creative, cool stuff over here, and then we'll have the Asians do all the dirty stuff. But or over in India, they can do the dirty work. The problem, of course, is those people can all invent things, too. They can all do that stuff. What, what makes you think? think they can't uh, I don't know. Well, that's what's happening is they're learning to do all that themselves also. Mm. Probably it's going to take them a while to, to, to reach that don't level of They don't need the savvy, round but, die anymore. But, <laughs> but there's been a period of about 15 to 20 years now where the government and the system was able to export a lot of inflation. So they were able to basically make it look like there wasn't inflation because if you're mm. manufacturing in Asia and, and, and a big screen TV goes from $4,000 down to $900, you think, oh, there's no inflation. But there really is. They're creating all the money, but they for a while they were able to make it look like they weren't really inflating because a lot of the money was getting shipped overseas. That's an interesting point. I never really thought of that before. Any other thoughts, Dave? Uh, yeah, just, I would also like to quickly uh, inject an, an idea you guys can toss around at a later time because I you know we're low on time. Uh, I would just like to inject the idea that perhaps the United States is not going to face some cataclysmic type of hyperinflation like a lot of people predict because the central bankers don't view things on a national scale. They view it on a worldwide scale. And they collapse the stock markets worldwide, and 
they took away people's quote unquote assets and savings from the market in the in the who knows how many trillions, and that their books are balanced because they brought in all that money. So, on in their perspective, one, they're not going to allow hyperinflation to occur. The United States, it, it won't happen because. Just because when we ask for 800 billion, they go, "Oh yeah, we should, we can spare that because we consumed, you know, 50 trillion worldwide. What does it matter?" Well, when the Chinese and some of the foreign countries now are starting to get out of dollars and they're quietly dumping them, while at the same time they're talking it up, you know that what's going to happen eventually is a lot of these dollars are going to make it back to the U.S. Now, Mark Faber, who's a very, very highly respected economist out of Singapore. He is, he's saying he's 100% sure that the United States is going to go into hyperinflation. Now, maybe mm. it's not 100%, but because we're such a debtor nation, the, the common pattern with debtor nations is they go into hyperinflation because eventually countries stop uh, buying their debt, and then what happens, of course, is they have to print money to make up for their, sp- their spending habits. Also, I, I'm, I hope uh, you're wrong, I, Wayne. I hope Dave is right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am, too, and I... You know, I I think that there might be some validity in everything else he said, but I just I am of the opinion that people have a tendency to get god complexes and things like that, and they do imagine that they can uh, control markets, and they really can't control markets. Markets are behavior of people, and you, markets I, a natural force. It is. It's it's the behavior of all the people, and the you know I don't think that the markets were manipulated. When you say they crashed uh, the economy, the stock markets, they did. But it's in the same way one crashes a car, not likely um, on purpose. Well, you know what? Actually, there's a lot of evidence by, brought up by some people that we've heard about the plunge protection team. Some of us have. It was originally created. It was called the President's Working Group on Markets back in '87 when the stock market crashed back then. And what they do is if the stock market's having a really, really bad day, they go into the pits and they start buying stocks at any price to prop the index up. And you'll see on the charts there'll be a flagpole rally that day, which makes it look like the Dow didn't do too badly. But maybe what they did when the stock market went down uh, late last year is they just didn't intervene. They let it go where it wanted to go. And then they came back in, and, and you're seeing a rally now, but I, I wouldn't trust it. Dave, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. All right, Wayne, can we compress this story yeah. into two minutes? Yes, Psychopaths and politicians, what really is the difference? Well, using his law enforcement experience and data drawn from FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit, Jim Corey has collected a a series of personality traits common to a couple of professions. Corey, who is a vice president of the National Association of Chiefs of Police, has assembled the traits such as superficial charm, an exaggerated sense of self-worth, glibness, lying, lack of remorse, and manipulation of others. These Holy tra- crap. <laughs> yes. These, cra- these traits, Corey po- points out in his analysis, are common to psychopathic serial killers. But, and here's the part that many may spark some controversy in defensive discussion, these traits are also common to American politicians. Mm. Maybe you already suspected, Ian. Probably also politicians worldwide. I don't know if it's just American politicians. Yes, yeah, but especially maybe here because of all the power involved. Uh, yep, violent, uh, violent homicide aside, our elected officials often show many of the exact same character traits as criminal nut jobs who run from police but not for office. The only difference is that elected officials are more cowardly. I would say that would be the difference between a oh, criminals are not brave. Uh, you know, uh, serial killers are not brave people. Yeah, but they are the ones that are willing to do their own killing. Whereas a politician insists that other people do it. Who else are you going to get to do it? 
Right. All I'm saying is a politician is not going to actually go and do the dirty work like a serial killer would. There, There is some level. I know you're saying they're not cur- courageous, Mark, but I think they're more courageous than a politician. I think that's the element that uh, is one of the differenti- uh, differentiation factors. Yeah, they're, they're hi- hiding behind mommy government skirt to do their dirty deeds. Right. I didn't themselves. do that. That was the will of the voters. And the cops are just following their orders. I'm sure that uh, psychopathic killers don't say to themselves uh, or say to anyone, well, yeah, it's my responsibility. Well, I yeah, did it. Satan told me to do it or, or whatever. <laughs> sure. But, this but fellow- they actually pull the trigger. They actually, you know, pull the blade and slice and dice, whereas the politicians would never, they would never do that. Yeah. Is it too cowardly? I don't know. Well, I wouldn't deny it at all. And there's also another book you can read. It's called Snakes in Suits by another doctor named Dr. Hare that you might want to look up, too, uh, on a similar subject. Thanks for the recommendation, Wayne, and the story. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, nevergetbusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying, you'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.